You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keene-Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website, are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash forallnerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerd Show. The voice of the urban geek, the premium podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Kevin Bacon of the internet, anti-trife equation, Wakabi's lost conscience. What? Bobby Filet! Hollywood, I mean, here in the spaceship. You know, I had to do a little pause after. Bobby Filet! Dr. Who's man's is this? We're coming to the end of the year, so, you know, it's staying a little wild. Been drinking tonight. I'm just letting y'all know. Just, be on that McAllen. You know, on that McAllen. You know. Is that as, Irish or Scottish? Irish. All right. As always, you know, as you hear her already, I'm joined in the spaceship by... Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Father Stretch My Bands, a.k.a. Dora the Explorer Milger, Dame Diner Dash, Jay Prince of All Saiyans, T'Challa Bread, the Lord of Lightsabers, and Gem and the Hollow Fam. Dame Diner Dash is forever a classic. I love that one. Yeah, that's 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 epic. That's pretty epic. We also have our engineer... Mr. It's a King in the spaceship tonight. What up, my brother? He falling asleep, bro. Yeah, I know. He passing out. There you go. There you go. Not AKA. Original A-K-A. Combat Jet Show brethren in the building. It does not stop. Oh, shit. No AKA because I ain't have my mic up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, mad quiet in the background, but right. you know. We're going to make it work. We're here. We're coming to the end of the year. Hope everyone's been having a great year. We just actually recorded our fourth annual For All Nerds Awards. Fourth annual? Yes, fourth annual. We doing it. Like, what? We had had Orlando Jones. No, started off with Otto. Well, Otto Asando. Did Otto do two in a row? No, you said Orlando. Uh, Orlando Jones did one one year. He did one. That's second. Oh, no, that's second. Third year was Just, Just Blaze. Blaze. Yeah. And the fourth year, we had special guests. We can announce now. April Rain. Rain. Yeah. If you're on Patreon, you might have heard something different, but ignore that <laughs> post. <laughs> well, also, if you're on Patreon, read the full post because we tell you we usually don't give y'all all the information because shit be happening. Yeah, we actually revealed who our special guests we're supposed to be on Patreon. On Patreon. And if you are a Patreon subscriber or a Patreon patron, patreon.com slash for all nerds, you would get behind the scenes information like that. Yes, you would actually Right or know. wrong. You would still right get it. Right or wrong, you would still get it. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to all the patrons, everybody out there. You know, all the listeners to Fan Fam, thank you for supporting us through this year. It has been a wild year in so many different ways, good and bad. 
Hopefully y'all are all still with us, you know, and enjoying it. Oh, they still with us because because we love them and they love us, and right. that's why y'all listening. I mean, I, we we strive to provide y'all with some content, but not only that, just a place where you guys can feel safe yes. and talk about things that are interesting to you, and we can talk about things that are interesting to us, and we can have a dialogue, and it it and also sometimes it's it's, it's good. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's good therapy. Yes. This show is definitely therapy for me, so thank you to everybody who listens to me go through it all the time. Um, on that note of therapy, and what did, uh, I actually just forgot what I was going to say. Mm, that that McAllen hitting. That McAllen is definitely hitting That's right, right now. That's right. That's right. The trees is hitting, too. That, huh? too. You know. <laughs> Shout out to all my 420 friends out there. And I was talking about how um, it's therapy for the show, and I'm, 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 I'm lost on that one, so I'm just going to keep it moving. Because... You know, this is not a segue at all, but Watchmen. You know, if you uh, had to, had to come back around for that, if you've been a listener of the show, then you've already heard, you know, the interviews with uh, Damon Lindelof, the creator of Watchmen, Stephen Williams, one of the executive producers of Watchmen, and now we are coming up on the final episode. By the time you hear this. It'll be almost that time for the final episode. I repeat what I said in a previous episode: top three TV all time in my lifetime. Um, it, it's 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 up there, you know. I mean, like, there's nothing that <laughs> there's nothing that I can personally recall in the in my lifetime that very little things that top that. Like, it, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Oh well, I mean, I mean that's 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 just icing on the cake, but yeah, yeah, though. <laughs> <laughs> I will stop being thirsty, but I mean, I mean just, just I went just back as to the a, gym. You know, did I you, did. You know, that man encouraged me. I mean, even if you take Yaya out, which is impossible, but if you take him out and just look at everything else, just ridiculous—the angles, the the references, the connections, the the lessons, the history that goes into Watchmen every single week. And at the end of the day, it fucks you up in so many different ways. In, in a good way. Mentally, emotionally. Like, like it's, it's just amazing. No, I, I mean, I, I'm so impressed. You know, as everyone who's a long-term or even like a few-month listener of the show now knows, when we had Damon on the show, I was highly doubtful. I was like, bam, you know, what are you doing? Is this going to be any good? I really love that you were doubtful to the guy who's in charge of everything because, I mean, it, it also shows that, you know, we don't bullshit with these nah. people. Like, like, yeah, like we tell them to their face, like, I don't know this going to work, bro. <laughs> nah, I mean, straight up, like, you know, I'm not, that's not me. I never will be, especially with something so dear and near to my heart. Like I say, not only is Watchmen one of my favorite comics of all time, one of my favorite pieces of fiction in general of all time, just the whole... I mean, you know, blackness is, you know, obviously mm -hmm. close to my heart. Mm -hmm. And the Tulsa and showing all that on screen was just a lot that I wasn't sure that he was really prepared to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to say that not only has that man dealt with it, the team behind it has dealt with it. They have handled it. I was going to say that it's the team who it's really team. dealt with it. Yeah. And, and Damon made that very clear. Like, this is not a, a yeah. the Damon show. This no. is the team. Yeah. So. And, you know, certain other showrunners could learn a lot from that, mm. you know. Wink, wink. You know, they shall remain unnamed right now because, mm. you know, no need to give them any more shine than they already get. Mm. But, you know, actually, I remember my point. I wanted to talk about, you know, because uh, I was telling you before the show that, you know, today has been very rough. This year has been very rough on me. You know, as all listening to the show know, I just, I've been through a lot 
you know, these past couple in fact these past couple years I'll say. Yeah. And it's been so many like ups and downs that it's been so wild. Like I can't sometimes I forget how blessed I've been over these last few years because of what I feel like other things that have happened to me, like, you know, the passing of Combat Jack, mm-hmm. the passing of my mother. Mm-hmm. And both of those were just very and still to this day are very difficult for me to deal with. So there's a lot of times where I'm like, yo, fuck everything in the world. And then I'll come in and do this show, and it just brings such joy to me being here with you, you know, Aww. hearing the listeners respond to it, hearing people, you know, cracking up over something I said, doing little stuff like making that video, Yaya and the Soul Glow on Twitter, which, you know, I'm mad like that it didn't get thousands of retweets, <laughs> you know? Well, the stuff you don't think is thousands gets thousands. Yeah, I know. But that, I wanted to get thousands, but it didn't. But, you know, the the reactions it got just bring, you know, the fact that I can bring people's smile and laughter to other people's faces makes me happy and makes me feel better about myself. Okay. So, you know, thank you all for listening. Thank you for sticking with us through this year. Um, we have an extra special interview today. Yeah. You know, yet again. But before we get into that, I really want to give a quick... And big ups to uh, the CW universe. The what is it? Berlanti, Jason Berlanti. I think his name is Jason, right? Berlanti is the is the showrunner of basically all of these CW shows. No, I think I'm fucking it up. I think it's Chris Berlanti, but whatever. Berlanti, yeah, Greg. I was saying Greg in my head, and fucking four or five times I messed it up. Yeah, I said Greg in my head. I said I'm just gonna let yeah, you get it. Well, the Berlanti Productions is the you know mastermind behind all these CW shows from Black Lightning to Flash, and they're doing their annual crossover. And this is Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is DC's biggest crossover. And it's really kind of hilarious that the TV series managed to do Crisis. This would be like if you know Endgame was on TV, right? Like, if Endgame had been huge, on Daredevil. It's a huge story. Yeah, it's huge, massive story. And it's not bad so far. Mm. Yeah, like, your it's last... It's been out over several episodes. You got to peep this shit. They had Kevin Conroy playing an, a live version of Batman. Shut the front and, door! And when they walk up to the mansion, the Batman the animated themes music plays. Fuck out of here. No. It's so... There's so many cute little dope Easter eggs in this joint. So it's not like pandering, but it's cute. Like, it, it makes it's sense? Not, it's not even pandering because it's like there's so many, like, deep cut Easter eggs. Okay. Like, there's a guy in... If uh, I see anything Will, related to Will Wheaton, Beyond, right? Will, Will, what's his name who plays Wesley Crusher? Will. Will Wheaton, right? He shows up in the very first episode as this bum on the street. He's holding a sign... That this same bum is holding from Superman 2. The movie from 1980s. What? Yeah, he's holding oh, the exact same song. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of stuff like that. Or like when, uh, when Lois sees uh, Brandon Roof, because Brandon Roof yeah. is just from plays. Yeah, yeah. You know, normally he plays the he Adam, plays so now he's older, playing yeah. Superman again. Yeah. So when Lois, who's another Superman's wife on the show, sees Brandon. They start playing the theme music from the first Superman when when Lois and Superman are falling first in love. First, ma- oh shit! And that's some music. As soon as you hear it, it hits your heart. Like if you know that one, because as soon as I heard that last time, I was like, oh. you know, because wow. that's that John Williams. You know, that score is fucking phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, they're doing so many deep cuts. Um, I'm an episode behind because I don't have the live CW, so I gotta watch last night's tonight. Okay. And now it's going on break. Until January, and then they'll return sense. with two more of this crossover, and then that's it. So, could you imagine them doing Endgame on TV? 
<laughs> That's what I'm saying. The fact that they're pulling this off on TV. No, I can't imagine them doing Endgame on TV. Yeah, no. Because, nah. no, this is low budget. But give <laughs> 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 him shine and then shave them in the let's next keep it, Let's keep it 100% real here, folks. But Kevin Conroy doing a live action Batman That's, and doing that insane. voice. And we just spoke to him not It's long. so dope. It's so lit. So I'm loving this prices. Let me know. Hit us up at For All Nerds. You know, DJ Ben Amin, Tatiana King on the Twitters and Instagram. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with this amazing interview. I guess I can just say it now. You've already read that title of the episode. Yeah, man. Michael Jai White. The God. The God. Black Dynamite himself. The outlaw Johnny Black, amongst many other Nunchucks. classic roles. Ass chicken comedy. Genius. Wild house kick. <laughs> <laughs> McAllen is hitting folks. We'll be right back after this break. And when I'm not scaring people on screen, I am hanging out with For All Nerds and listening to their show. Hey guys, this is Rod and Karen of the Blackout Tips Podcast. And when we are doing one of our mini podcasts, yes, we are listening to For All Nerds. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one-third of the Friend Zone, and when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to For All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, a.k.a. Jigsaw from AllHipHop.com, and when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world of hip-hop culture, I'm watching For All Nerds. Hey, this is Logan Browning, and when I'm not trying to take over Netflix, I'm listening to For All of Us. Yo, what up? This is Yahya Abdul-Mateen. The second I play Black Manta in the Aquaman movies. And when I'm not getting around the city, I'm chilling, listening to For All Nerds. What's up, y'all? This is Ann Steven Harris, fire artist, co-creator of Aztec, fire artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Homes, don't forget Watson the Homes, award winner of Watson the Homes, Glyph Award, Eyes are nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School. And when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon. And when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds. Yo, what's up? This is Chico Leo, and when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm listening to Four All Nerds. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to this episode of the For All Nerd Show. And joining us tonight in the spaceship, we have a returning special guest. One of the biggest supporters of the For All Nerds brand. One of our favorite people out here. A man who needs no introduction, but let's run it down. Karate King, comedy genius, Spawn, Gamble, Black Dynamite, the outlaw Johnny Black, a.k.a. the one and only Mr. Michael Jai White is here in the spaceship. Let's welcome him back. Thank you. 
yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a little quiet right now, but you know, after the effects turn in, it'll sound like a whole room full of people here. Oh, cool, cool. All right. Well, welcome back, man. Thank you for being here again. You know, first off, we just got to say, ever since you've been on the show the first time, you've just been like incredibly supportive of us. You're always retweeting us. You're always, you know, hyping us up. And so, just thank you for that, man. Like, thank you first off for that. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, but um, what are your views of like you know the independent media and like giving access to more people of color and stuff in media? Well, I mean, uh, you, you said my my views of yep. Like, how do you feel about it? How like what makes you give you know such access to you know smaller outlets like us? Well, I mean, I I, I try to treat everybody equally, uh, and especially. Um, I mean, my thing is, uh, I respect anybody who is passionate about what they do and trying to do their best. And um, so, no matter what, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretty much give you the same energy that I'd give any of the majors. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't believe in um, cherry picking as far as that's that's concerned. A lot concerned. of people do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, if I um. I mean, if I can help somebody with advice or anything else like that, you know, I mean, I'll give my energy to one person for hours uh, if I feel like that uh, that matters, you know. So it's really, I really don't look at it. I never ask the question of any of my um, publicists or anything else like that, oh, what's their circulation or you know who they who they represent or whatever. If I have time to speak on something, I'm going to do it. You know, to to my best ability. Is it because you? I mean, do you feel a, a duty to help, or is it something else? Like, well, is it something how you've been brought up? Uh, yeah. Well, I should. Is it to whom much is given, much is required. And um, you know, if somebody is in need of something that I could provide. Mm-hmm. What what's the best use of my time? You know that that's the best use of my time. I you know I could I could go, you know, watch something on my phone or help somebody out with something or, you know what I mean. So if I have the time and I'm not busy, you know, why why not spend that time helping people? This is very true, and I mean you did talk about being busy, and we are, have been following you besides. I think last week you guys were in Santa Clarita that like you were shooting some, doing some production work for the outlaw Johnny Black. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we were, we were shooting the, the movie. You were like outright yeah. shooting. And then I yeah. know what, you were in Canada as well. Are you still doing the Netflix uh, project? Oh, I, I finished with that. You finished with I that, okay. got a few Netflix projects that are done. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So just in terms of when you have that packed schedule and then, you know, like you're doing press with us and you're mm. running all over the place, like how are you balancing just your sanity? <laughs> well, I mean, it's easy when you have a good memory. I mean, it was a time I, I wanted these problems. Mm. I struggled hard to get these problems, if you want to call them problems. And so, you know, you know, unless I forget where the hell I came from, uh, this is what I signed up for. You know, I mean, hell, I mean, a lot of people get into complaining a lot. Um, I'm embarrassed to complain about too much because then it's like, come on, man, this is part of my job. Uh, And how hard is it? 
I'm answering questions. I know I had a long day, but so what? <laughs> you know, so that's why even your question was how much time do I have? And I said, I'm good. Right. You know, because, hey, you might, we don't know where, where this interview is going to go. You might touch upon something that might make me think of something I never thought about in my life. And, you know, and, and bring me to a thought or a conclusion I would have would have never had without you asking. That's the interesting stuff in life for me. You know, I could have a, a philosophical moment in the next five minutes that lasts me the rest of my life. Well, something I was listening back to your last interview with us, and you were talking about how something that really hit me was you talked about how a lot of times, and it's been disproven now, but you talked about how overseas, like some advice that a Wesley Snipes gave you back in the day mm-hmm. was to always support your movies overseas, and how we often get told our movies don't perform well overseas, but you said that it's action that sells you know, worldwide. Yeah, action in our culture sells overseas. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, there's no country I've been to that doesn't emulate hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. It, it's the culture of defiance, and you know, back in the day, it was it was leather jackets and slicked hair, and then afros, and and you know, peace, love, and now it's <laughs> it's hip hop. Uh, that's what it is. I mean, I I, I will go to Roman, Romania and I'll channel surf. And I'll see young Romanian kids doing hip hop, you know, in our culture. I go to a club in Romania and they're pretending that they're making it rain, but they're using napkins. This is the truth. <laughs> you know, I mean, our, our culture is worldwide. It's the most emulated culture there is. So you cannot tell me that we don't sell overseas. Mm. So what is it like? How would you think, I mean, or not how would you think better, what would help to break the barrier of that where it's like people will be more accepting and give us more chances to have our films overseas? The problem, the problem is is that whole attitude of give us. Mm. Don't, don't ask for anything. We just do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really, I'm really trying to do something and try to set a, a, a model of not, you know, I'm not asking for things i'm offering things you know when i even go into business about uh if i'm doing a movie it's not give me the money for the movie i'm giving you an opportunity to make money off of this movie so it's not give me anything you know so uh, that's the attitude of give us i mean sometimes it's born out of the way we 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 grow up and, you know, you're taught to ask God for this, ask your mom and dad for this. And not not enough, I feel, is is uh, put, you know, the attention is, uh, not enough attention is put on getting it yourself, you know, just going out and doing what's necessary to get it yourself. You know, I mean, if you, if you make a deal for a small film and you show that that small film can make money, you can make a deal for a slight, slightly larger film and so on and so on, you know? It's just that attitude of give me as opposed to I'm offering something, That that's the difference. And that's that's pretty profound you say that because when we following you in your career, like you seem to be several steps ahead of the game 
and like for example with outlaw johnny black like you also are touching upon the whole Western culture, the Westerns, if you will, and the black people in Westerns. And then now, fast forward to 2019, we have Watchmen, where, I don't know if you've seen it yet, the Watchmen HBO series. No. Uh, very first episode features Black Cowboy, um, Black Sheriff specifically. So it kind of almost feels like you have your hand on the pulse of the zeitgeist. And I don't know if you know this, but it's like, I think because of your attitude of, here's my idea, I have something to offer, yeah, well, I'm talking about a story whether that that will be str- strong, whether it's black or white. Um, if you notice, there's a lot of movies that I do really has nothing to do with color. Right. I mean, you know, like if I did Falcon Rising, Never Back Down, uh, Blood and Bone, these things could have been starred by white people very easily. It's about a story. It's about characters. but something universal. Yeah, there's ignorance out there and some people say, oh, a black lead doesn't sell. Well, I know that's ridiculous, but um, what I'm doing is showing character beyond anything else. You know, just like Martin Luther King said, it's the content of my character. I can complain about, I can tell you sob stories about uh, studio bosses telling me that uh, they need the white version of me and that too bad I'm black because I could be as big as Tom Cruise. Someone has literally said the white yeah, version actually, of you? Yeah, because they, they, but think about it. They can tell me this with no no fear of reprimand whatsoever or that they're saying something wrong. It's because the culture and the narrative was that way for so long. They don't say that now. Back in the day they did. But if I, if I boo-hooed talking about how this white man told me I can't, you know, black leads don't sell and I believe them, where would I be now? So, you know, it, it's it's about, you know, learning the industry and knowing what I'm offering. And so even with this movie that I'm doing now, it's, it's a, you know, I'm offering win-win situations. You enjoy, you know, I mean, you read the movie. It's, it's, it's really well done. It's, it's fun. It's something that, you know, this is a genre that people enjoy, uh, not just in the black community, but all over the world. You know, everybody grew up with Westerns. So if I'm telling a Western story that's, that's traditional to that, fun, exciting, with great characters, with great story, there it is. Mm. Um, yeah, let people go into it thinking, oh, black Western. But they're going to come out of it not saying that. They're going to say this is a fun movie. You know, I mean, I, I do a number of things where if someone wants to read into the color of it, they, they, they're free to do so. Mm-hmm. But um, I do not marginalize myself with that. Uh, just like, you know, there's a lot of movies that say, oh, this person is the first black. So, so come see the movie about the first black. This <laughs> and, that. and, you know, to me, I laugh at it a lot because. If your movie exists on that just being the case, you know, oh, come see this is about the first black swim team and, you know, first black astronaut. astronaut. I ask you, okay, what if it were the first white astronaut? What, do I want to see this movie? You know? saying it's more than just the color is the content well hell people knew what time how titanic was going to (laughs) end right but they offered a love story they offered 
this story of class and uh you know this 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 kid this boy from a lower class you know in a romance with a a girl from the upper class now that could have been a movie by itself it happened to happen on the titanic you see what i'm saying um but you know if it was just a story come see the story about titanic and you know and then offered you nothing else who the who wants to see that shit you know it's like yeah okay we know how this is going to end you know and so you know there's a lot of stories that we do i think we do ourselves a disservice when the only strength of the movie is because this person's the first black whatever i'm like to be honest i'm like I wouldn't care if it was the first white whatever. Make a make an interesting movie, damn it. Like, don't just have the crutch about it just being about a black person. You know, that's not enough. I People don't care. They just don't care. Make a good movie. That's the way I look at it. And then, okay, now on the same length, though, like with uh, Black Dynamite, it's mm-hmm. definitely... It's its own movie. It, I'll tell everyone. Actually, someone asked me about it the other day, and I was like, dog, you, your dad hasn't seen it yet. And I was like, it is, to me, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Thank you. See, yeah. It's yeah. Watching it again. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. I, and I, I, I've been very happy about that because I get so many people telling me that it's one of their favorite m- movies. And, uh, I mean, and it's not, you know, it, it's a movie that crosses all kind of color <laughs> barriers and you know and it, i'm lampooning movie making period i mean yes. I, i'm telling you, you the boom mic yes, <laughs> yes. you know I, I mean you could watch a, you can watch a story a, a, a tv show right now and there would be the, the convention of you know the story seems like it's over and then some kind of little insignificant thing leads them to the conclusion Mm-hmm. And say, oh, what? What'd you just say? Oh, did you say a toothpick? <laughs> and a toothpick also, you know, is made of wood. And so was, you know, they still well, do. Th- yeah, they do that now. So, you know, I'm I'm lampooning movie making, yeah. you know, and and just yeah, of course, there's a specific movie style that's already funny. Uh, the black exploitation movies. There, there were some good ones, and there were some really bad ones. And I'm, I'm having fun with that whole genre. So it happened to be a black genre. It happened to be. Yeah. But it's really about the 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 writing and the filmmaking itself. Yeah, and it's like even though it's lampooning, you know, and celebrating black exploitation films mm-hmm. at the same time. It's just like ridiculously funny. It has some of the best actors, and like that was something that, like you say, you also talked about this in the interview before, where you felt not pigeonholed, but you feel that once you kick somebody in the face, people are gonna know you for kicking people in the face. Right. I mean, but you know, I I I always confuse people. Mm-hmm. Even my best friends can't. You know, they have difficulty describing me because at one ever one moment I could be either the funniest person in the room the most serious person in the room, the most dangerous, the most easygoing, and that's all part of who I am, you know? So that gets confusing, especially with casting and trying to pigeonhole someone. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to keep being pigeonholed until I break myself out of that hole. So, you know, I don't mind it. I get it because people have a limited way of uh, assigning people. 
you know, in their head. Oh, you're the you're the martial arts guy. Well, well, you know, um, that's fine because there's stuff where it's got. No, I do movies that have nothing to do with martial arts, mm-hmm. and you know, because people are confused when they go, "Oh, how's this ass kicking guy the funny guy?" <laughs> at the same time, um, well, you know, people find out I was a school teacher before I was an actor. You were a school teacher. I'm like. Oh well, why don't you um, temper some of that that surprise? Because you're just telling me that you you know, as you're a little too shocked right there. Yeah. You're telling me something that you probably don't think you're telling me. Mm. You know, so you mean you have a you're you're intelligent. You have you know. It's like oh well, thank you. Yeah. You know. Uh, recently on Twitter, you were celebrating Black Dynamite and asking people what was their favorite moment, favorite line. Do you have a favorite moment or line or memory from it yourself? Yeah, my favorite moment is is not that funny of a moment, but my favorite moment is when my character goes to see his friend Bullhorn. And what what well, one of my best friends played by Byron Men, I mean, uh Bullhorn's played by Byron Men's, who was, you know, that that character was based off of uh off of Dolomite. But um, there's a moment where these two friends come together and it reminded me of what I used to see back in the day with uh, Fred Williamson and Jim Brown when I saw these two powerful black men come together. And there's something about that that really resonated to me. And that's my favorite moment in the movie because I did homage to something that meant a lot to me. Um, We haven't seen movies like that where... You know, like I look at three the hard way, and now I imagine what what would it be like to see Idris Elba and you know um, I don't know uh, well, well yeah imagine Idris and Wesley and and uh, and uh, Denzel all in the same movie. You know what I mean? How, how would that feel for young black kids? Especially in a movie where they're not adversaries. They're actually working together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. How powerful is that? You know. See, you know, they can have a Ocean's 8, right? And have, you know, leading alpha white males do that. But you don't see that with us. And we've, I mean, they even got what, Ocean, was it 11 with the women? And we still haven't. So maybe we'll be like Ocean's Five. Well, see that, but see, that's the thing. I'm I so hate the idea of somebody giving us that. We can do it ourselves. Basically, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on, and and, and personally, I much rather that way mm. because when someone else is telling the narratives, they don't do it that well, mm. in my opinion. I remember when I was younger and I saw a minister society. You didn't have to tell me anything. I knew there were two. Uh, I knew there were young black uh, directors and producers behind that movie. You didn't have to tell me anything because it was too too real. Mm-hmm. And when I see that, I'm like, wow, that excites me. Uh, there's nuance that will always be missed when people don't understand how regal and how. Um, rich your culture is 
always will be nuances missed. Scorsese did the things he did because he knew what he was directing and mm-hmm. writing about. You know, um, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So, because that you talked already about basically doing for yourself, not wanting to be pigeonholed and all these other things, what do you want to challenge yourself with theatrically? Like, is there anything that you're just sitting there like, I I'm, I'm need to jump into this, something new? There's a number of things I'm doing. And there's nothing that's going to stop me. I've proven that my stuff makes money. So yeah. I don't have to ask anybody. Anything. You can raise money. Yeah. I just all, all I have to do is make my deals. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, me kicking people in the head makes money. Uh, but, you know, I can make a movie that has the action quotient and has has um some story yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. you know story viability at the same time yeah cuz i'm curious if you know to to expand and besides the fact that you've established that you can do this and it's mm-hmm. obviously feasible is there something are, are you chomping at the bit to do a rom-com are you do you trying are you trying to do a sci-fi yeah. like well yeah i have i have some I have a, a, some deals in, connected with south africa on some you know rom-com stuff that I already have upon starting the movie I have a, a great deal of african money that's already pre-sold you know enough to shoot the entire movie so I already have those those deals in place so it's not like you know I'm I'm going to do them it's just when I get a chance to do it that's it you know, and it's it's only going to build from there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned South Africa. Last year you were in Ghana when you were at the Full Circle Festival. Mm-hmm. And you were appointed King Nana Koto III Otapan. So yes. tell me, what was that experience like? Well, it felt like a prank at first. I didn't, I, didn't, I <laughs> really? thought, I thought the ceremony had been completed with, um, they were stooling um, uh, Bozoma St. John. Yes. And then they called me up, and I just kind of went. It was an out of body experience because I'm I'm terribly shy as far as being the center of attention. So I had to go to another place in my brain. You had that, that kind of haze on your face. Yeah, I had a complete haze on my face. My <laughs> wife, yeah, she knew, she she's the one person that knew what I you know. She kind of, oh my God, how's he going to deal with this? And so, um, but. You know, I take that pretty serious because, I mean, if you get in stool as a king, it's, in my opinion, you know, kings serve. You know, they're not, they're not, you know, just worship. They, they're, they're, you're there to serve. You're there to lead and, and be yeah. guidance and example to others. Yeah. So to me, that's like, oh, I got to roll my sleeves up and, and do something. Well, you've definitely already done that. Like, we, you know, you say you keep talking about, you know, doing your own thing. You've established your brands. You've created, like, that's something that I really admire is how you took Black Dynamite. You made the movie. You turned it into the animated series. And it's still, it's like, it's living, you know, what, 10 years now down the line. Mm-hmm. It's still like a cultural force and everything. What are like what are some of the con- or will we see some connections between Dynamite and the Outlaw Johnny Black? Like are the returning are we gonna have um 
please tell me. Yeah, please tell me that uh, Cream Corn's ancestor or something is going to show up in Johnny Black. Well, n- uh, no, I'm not going to take you out of the what, what the movie of Johnny Black yeah. is. The, but uh, I mean, I'm telling a story that's that's kind of uh, connected to that time period mm. uh, of 70s filmmaking because I celebrate the way that the colors were, the way that our spirit was at that time. There was a brotherhood that was, um, I think it was just like the the renaissance of uh, black pride and brotherhood that just permeated everyone at that time. When people said brother and sister, they really meant it. Mm. And uh, it meant a lot to me. So I'm resurrecting that spirit in these movies. Uh, there was a time when Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby did these films that were, you know, two strong black leads. They were entertaining, and the family could come watch it. That's a time I'm, I'm, I, uh, I like to resurrect. Uh, there was a time when Eddie Murphy did a string of movies like this mm-hmm. with uh, Boomerang and, you know, Coming to America, and. Uh, Harlem Nights, where, you know, I felt like that was a revisiting of that time. And those movies, to me, are classics. And so I I feel we can do with more of that now. It's kind of like what you were even mentioning Scorsese earlier, and, like, I know Spike did it for a while, where they just, you know, have this set of actors, like this troupe that they just use, and the same creative people behind the camera, everything. So that's the type of vibe that you want to create with these films? Well, yeah, the, these particular ones, um, I've always thought of in the same kind of genre. But uh, those are those are just kind of three of that, that time period. But, um, you know, I have others. I have other sci-fi, action, uh, things that are set to go really powerfully go global. I've played a chess game for a long time. I've done movies in China and, and you know, Romania, at Russia, all these different places. And uh, to build up my global, my global image. And so this chess game is, is, is culminating with me making these moves and with my company to, to make global movies. You know, and and know about these cultures and what what they're looking for. So you know, that's it. I mean, the United States—that's only one little small sliver of the world. In a smaller box office, technically, when you think about it, when you yeah. look at China. But there are other countries that treat us with a great deal of respect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads me to. Th- think about things like the cultural recognition so things like the Oscars and all the conversations and arguments and all sorts of things that go into it you know what are, what are your views on the current state of things like are, what we often talk about with our listeners is yes the Oscars are important because they still hold cultural weight but that is similar to your frame of mind that shouldn't be your indicator of success like I don't care about the, I, I care so little about the Oscars. It's it's I think now is the as far as with, with black people 
uh, Mahershala Ali mm. is the first that I've ever known of someone who's won an Oscar who is black whose career actually grew. The first ever. And so wh- why, are, why are Oscars that damn significant to us? When everybody who's, I'm talking everybody, I can name who has been, uh, who's been nominated or won. Their career has gone down since. Everyone, and I challenge everyone out here listening to my voice to study what I just said. And that's, you so, know? that's so wild that you say that because, you know, among white people, it's like, you know, when they get an it Oscar. It is a launch yes. of their career. Yeah. They, they go from the Oscar nomination to prosperity. Yes. Not so with black. It usually is the the end of the road in your career. It really has been for so many. If you're lucky like Denzel, well, Denzel and uh, and Morgan Freeman, uh, Samuel L., they continue with the career trajectory that they were already on. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Oscar did anything different mm-hmm. or the nomination because they were money makers. Yeah. So their career, to me, is the same with or without an Oscar. Uh, but for the ones who are not box office monsters i've never seen it do any anyone a positive other than mahershala recently that's the first person in the history of oscars or academy awards who's who's a black person whose career uh accelerated the first time so considering you you don't give it that much Credence, or, or let me not say that. You just like, why would I? I don't. You don't think it's that important. Honestly, I just please. Why would I? Right. I would. To me, just just looking at, just looking at statistics. Yeah. Wouldn't you fear it? Wouldn't you fear it? When I'm talking about since the history of it, it's kind of like for a black person or a person of color. It's like, oh hell no! I don't even want to be nominated. If you, if you if, if you if you think about statistics, you know, and and I'm not going to say anybody's name. Yeah, I, I because, know a couple. because I've I mentioned names, and and then I you know somebody <laughs> there was articles saying I was you know coming after them or which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. I'll just let you think. Just go ahead, think in the history of it. And in the year I mentioned this, I used the white people who were nominated that year, just that year. And I said, look at their career. Mm. And it was, uh, at the time, it was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It was uh, one, it was, um, uh, it was a bunch of people that when I met, I just mentioned the ones that were nominated that year. And you sit there and you go, oh, wait a minute. Um, ben Affleck started here and here he, and he went there. And you went, Leonardo DiCaprio started 
in the boy's life and then accelerated to here. Like, and, and I said, now, you know, that was just that year. I'm talking about, from think the from the beginning, yeah. think about when, you know, someone who's white who's nominated or wins, what usually happens. And we make the mistake of going, oh, wow, <laughs> the road is laid out. And it's like, oh, no, it isn't. So yeah. do you have any views about the people who are often left out, like stunt performers? I mean, that's that's right next to what you're doing, too. Like, they don't get recognized whatsoever in this. I know they're separate awards, but there has been a big thing about that as well. Yeah, well, it's it's a little tough. It's a little tough now. I mean, I, that that's... I can't really speak about that too much because yeah. you give... It's it's it that's a that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. Uh are you gonna I, I know a lot of stunt folks. Are you are you getting people to kill themselves? You know what I mean? I'm telling you. You know, so it's that's that's got another edge of that sword. Yeah. Uh, you know, but see, it's like people are running around chasing that damn statue. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not I don't even like award shows. I was nominated for award shows and I don't don't even show up. Oh, you're the one where it's just your picture. It's like Michael Jai White couldn't be no, here. No, I just don't like them. I just don't, personally I don't like them. A lot of them are, are are fixed. There's a there's a there's you know it's not a coincidence that the people on a lot of these lower level shows, the only ones that show up are the ones that win the awards. You think that's a coincidence? You know the those those. <laughs> those ones with the picture usually is because they <laughs> I mean they're selling they're selling ad time yeah so hey so and so with a big name you're going to get an award so will you show up so we can sh- sell airtime you know come on now and how, how is it fair unless I mean if you cast me what what if you cast me as a big badass fighting guy and and it's a major movie, and I just happen to fit the role, you know. You know, I mean, come on, what? That means I'm better than I mean, <laughs> better than somebody. You know what I mean? It's like unless somebody else was playing the same role as me, how are you gonna compare? Mm. You know, so I just don't. I'm just not into it. I and then then people running around, and even the stunt people. I go, hey, you know. You know, each his own. You running around look, chasing for that statue, it's, that's on you. I don't put a whole lot of importance in it, personally. Because it's all about the money anyway. Did, you, did your movie make money? You're probably going to make more movies. Your movie didn't make money? Guess what? You might not even get another chance. Mm-hmm. Period. It's a business. Show business. It's a business for a reason. So running around for somebody's statue, I don't know. That's whatever. That's not my thing. You know, you create something that I'm supposed to now yearn for because everybody else does? No. You seem to like, and I really appreciate this about you, that you just seem to ignore or not worry about a lot of the things that a lot of people in Hollywood are worried about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, That's true. Hey, I mean, I I treat this business as if, I'm a contractor. I'm like a like a carpenter. Here's how I do it. Now, if you don't hire me, it's fine. But this is how <laughs> this is how I do it. Yeah. 
And what what's important to me is my family and my friends. I could give a damn what strangers think of me. Mm. You know, I mean, people who support me, I'm going to honor them. I'm going to be, I mean, me sticking to my principles has worked out well for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to do that. And so, you know, there's no impetus to change because I like me. I like how my life is. I don't want my life any different, mm. to be honest with you. So whether if you, you know, give me a whole bunch of money or whatever, it's still going to be the same, mm-hmm. you know, because my priorities is this woman over here and our family and my friends, you know, and it's about what they think of me. And, you know, that, <laughs> you know the other stuff is like, it, it, it's funny, you know, the social media and all that. It's kind of funny. But um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not chasing what. I don't value a lot of things that other people do. Well, you mentioned your kids and your family. What, what do your children think about your work and your legacy thus far? I think our family is amazingly simple. They, they're not, they're not impressed by what I do. And that's what I was going to ask. So a lot of kids are <laughs> just like. Not, they're so. not impressed by what I do, and I love that. I love that. My daughter, I, I basically had to beg my daughter to, to, to be the kid in this movie, and she's like, "Can I, can I go, can I, can I go to the trailer and chill now?" I mean, she don't want to do this, you know. Our, our, our kids do not, <laughs> they do not care about <laughs> this business. Now, okay, that's something right there. It's like you say that you know your family you've given so much advice in this whole interview pretty much like you know because like i say it it goes against what so many young people who want to get into the industry are taught and told about it let's let's just look at the basics of it a lot of people are insecure a lot of people want to you know want to play make-believe for certain reasons sometimes it's like hey you might people might have a desire because they might have an insecurity and they want everybody to pay attention to them. Well, hopefully they get nourishment along the way and become complete without the adoration of strangers. Hopefully they find that that's not that important to them. Because if you become powerful and you still haven't checked that, well, you're, you can become very... Um, you know, you're going to have a lot of problems if you don't learn that, hey, um, it's about it's about other things other than strangers applauding you. They don't know you. They're going to, you know, and sycophants are going to agree with anything you say. Uh, so hopefully they get that. I'm telling you, I mean, my, my my education of it, I got into this business and then I, I watched all my friends, a lot of my friends and my family change around me because my mom became the first one on her block with a kid in Essence magazine. And so what that meant to her was magnified because she was a church mouse that nobody paid attention to until she had a kid that was in essence. And then she changed her. I watched my mother's personality change from the woman I grew up with to like this arrogant lady <laughs> that was, you know, 
<laughs> Wyatt Earpin, you know, who was like really like flossing because of me. And I'm like, who are you? No, seriously, seriously, because what it meant to her to have a connection to a world that she never thought she'd have impacted her tremendously. She thought that's, I mean, my my mom would talk about the day that Sidney Poitier was in the same restaurant as her, and you would think <laughs> that was the greatest day in her life. Well... Her own kid is the lead in a movie and, you know, doing these things and, you know, with Tyler Perry. And, and what that meant to her, it was like she was gone. I would tell my mother that I'm burying bodies in the crawl space of my house. And she's like, oh, yeah, baby. Uh-huh. That's good. <laughs> and I'm like, Ma, are you? <laughs> yeah. Are you even listening to me? I'm not, I wish I was kidding, but it meant so much to her that I lost who she is. She would never disagree with me, no matter what ridiculous thing I said. And so look at that. And then I had friends now, they, they had, a, you know, had the, the trump card in any conversation because they could talk about what I was doing in my life, right? And so you see, you know, these are people that you know, and you know mean something and they could easily i mean just because of their beliefs they can easily if i they would agree with anything i said and so what if i was bugged out mm. Mm. my support team <laughs> would be down down for me 110% that's a lot of people and so you know it's a powerful thing what people think of this business I don't think of it like that. My heroes were never actors mm. or singers or whatever because I still don't know who you are. You could sing whatever. You could be a you could be an asshole. You could be a, a, a Oscar winner and an asshole. I still don't want to be. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. So, so you know, and and a lot of them are. So it's like. Why want? Why would I want to be around that? I want to be around good people. I don't care if you were. You know, you're a garbage man. You're a good person. You're a good person. You know, and, and you know, just because you're in this industry don't mean you're a good person or you should be listened to. So, I mean, it's very simple. It's just amazingly simple. And I, I'm, I'm amazed how, how complicated people make it. You're either a decent person or not. And if you're a decent person and you're an actor, it behooves you because people – can you know you can't hide you when your eyes are you know <laughs> your eyes are like five foot you know wide on a big screen you can't hide if you are bullshit mm. you know it's hard to hide that so be be a real person you know i think it just behooves you be the best person you could be to me that's i don't know that's the way i look at it I mean, it sounds so simple, but, you know, it's like so many people, and I'm just glad that you're saying it because, like I say, so many people working to get into this industry, you know, don't understand that simple thing right there. Yeah, yeah that's very powerful. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, you know, just ask yourself why you why you get into it. I always ask people who's getting into acting, well, why? 
Is this something that, you know, you, your spirit, you want to do this, whether it's free or not? Because that, that would be the, the correct answer. Mm-hmm. It would be something that you love. You would do it no matter what. Right. This is something I would be doing no matter what. So I, I luckily picked the right thing. Because, you know, I was producing, directing, writing, and creating ever since I was in the third and fourth grade. I was always doing this kind of stuff. I just had to uh, learn that that's who I am. And I followed my true path. And I hope that for everybody. Don't get, don't get into this because you, it gives, gives you a bunch of attention. That's just the wrong answer, you know. All right, well, you've survived the interview segment of For All Nerds. but like Yeah, for real. <laughs> but before we get out of here, we have the BRAP segment, our rapid-fire questions. Okay. And we got a few returning ones because I, 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 I got a couple follow-ups from the last time you were mm-hmm. here. Okay. So let's just start off with one that I got to ask about again. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh, Breaking Bad is oh. the best. <laughs> Breaking Bad is the best series I've ever seen in my life. There's never never been any you know, there's never been anything that dramatic, the storytelling, the directing, and it's funny. Yes. I, I only Ozark comes close to that. I I, I think I, I I read the pilot of Ozark and loved it, but I haven't got into it. Well you need yet. to see it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the wire come on now. Oh. Even, the only thing that was really compelling about the wire is the street elements. And then on, on top of that, everybody talked alike. I hated that. <laughs> Did you see El Camino? Everybody talked like this. this, this, this. Oh, Baltimore about to be so mad. No, no. Baltimore should be mad because Homeboy, the writer of that, he wrote everybody speaking the same damn way. You know, nobody said anything simple. You know, it's like nobody can say, you know, hey, I'd like a stick of gum. I'll be about give me some of that chewing <laughs> stick. Like, come on. Like, come on. Just, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, nobody said nothing simple in that damn thing. <laughs> you messing me up because you're no, so I'm, right. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't, I yeah. can't deny it. Did, did you get to see El Camino? El Camino. Oh, oh. The, the sequel to Breaking Bad. No, I didn't see it. It's that. on Netflix. It's mm. It, mm. it carries on tradition. It's so good. Okay. That's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep it ASAP. Mm. Okay. This mm. is this is going to be you versus a character you played. You mm. personally. Everything you know, your your techniques, all that stuff. You versus Bronze Tiger. Who wins? You mean me, Michael, versus Bronze Tiger? He, the yes, fictional, fictional character? Yes, sir. So, Bronze Tiger walks in right now. Everything that you know about him, his, not powers, but his abilities, all his He ain't strengths. catching me. He got blades and shit. I'm running. <laughs> That's it. You no, just, you cannot run with blades not. faster than if you did not have blades. So I'm winning because he's not catching me, and we got the same amount of uh, of uh, endurance. endurance. Yeah. Well, well, I can run further without blades than <laughs> blades, and I'm motivated to get the hell out there. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Fresh Prince or Martin? Oh boy. Martin. Your wife is looking well, at you like sideways. Well, yeah, Martin. Martin. <laughs> no, it's close because I mean, you know, it, it was it's a little close to me. No, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Martin. It's okay. Yeah. 
My, yeah. Michael, Michael Jai Weiss wife said Martin is way funnier. Yeah. She yeah, gave me a side eye, so I was, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for the answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm, let's do a little bit hard. Michael Myers, Freddie, or Jason? As in what? Who could win? Who do you who, who win? Who do you think is best? Well, I mean, Halloween, Michael Myers, that's to me, that's the jump off. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, he created he created the oh, oh hell no. He's he he's not there anymore at the end. I mean, I think Halloween has yeah. Okay. Mike Myers. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Taking Spawn out of it, what's your favorite superhero movie of all time? What makes you think Spawn is my favorite? <laughs> I didn't even. Okay. Was, I don't think he really. No, no. No, no. I, I, I loved Black Panther on so many levels. That is mm. by far my favorite superhero movie. Okay. Uh, in any medium, like books, TVs, film, what character's death hurt you the most? Hurt me? Hurt you. Like, damn, they didn't have to go out like that. Or conversely, if you can't think of one, well, what well, character uh, were you happy char- to die? Characters that hurt me, that they died? Yeah. yeah, so for instance, for a lot of a lot of kids or people my age, Mufasa dying killed us. Hmm. Man, somebody dying. Babe, is there somebody that I'm forgetting about? Because I have a tendency to, like, Block off p- painful memories. <laughs> or conversely, a character where you're like, I'm so happy they got their come up. I'm so happy they got what they just do. For a lot of people, that would be like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I hated that dude. I hated <laughs> I hated man. I, I, I feel, man, if I saw him in the airport, he'd be in trouble. <laughs> it's Joffrey, dude. Oh, but, but no, who's the other dude? No, who's that other dude, yes, man? Yes, um, that- Hell Ramsey. yeah, Ramsey. Thank you. Ramsey, that Ramsey's dude. way worse. That dude, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ramsey, because yeah. he, he, at least he got a chance to be a grown-ass man. <laughs> yeah. I definitely would that's murder what, him a couple times. That's what I always say, because like, Joffrey was just a kid. I mean, he was an effed up kid, but yeah. but Ramsey was a grown-ass man and yeah. knew what he was doing yep. and was yep. still out there wilding. Yeah, he'd be in danger if I see him now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and the actor who plays him, he's a little, he's a little dude, dog. Well, I just gotta say, I, how did you feel like to be told Michael Jai White says, I, "You will catch these hands if I see you in the streets." I don't care that that was your character; you're catching it. All right. Um, on the same token, but who is your first geek crush? Like, who are you crushing on on a TV show, movie? Um, geek crush. Geek crush, yeah. um, man. It's that's a weird thing because I I really it's weird because even early on, I felt like I had an understanding that actresses were playing mm-hmm. somebody, yep. and I didn't believe them. Like even like say Janet Jackson, I thought she's playing Janet Jackson. I don't oh. know who she really is. <laughs> I, I I always felt that way. Wow. Pretty true because I mean performers put on a persona on stage and elsewhere, and then when they're behind the scenes, they are totally different. Oh people. well, I know who it is. It's Sade. It's mm. Sade for some because for some reason I just thought she was the coolest. Yes, yeah, it was like that whole look, sound, everything else. That is by far Sade. Yeah. Um, 
comic books or hip hop, one gotta go, the entirety of all history. Which do you choose? Comic books are gone. <laughs> You know, I don't, He's like I don't even out, you're that. done. So which which was which will erase Spawn, but according to you, you don't care about that. <laughs> no, I don't care. You could have hurt some people's feelings. Mm, <laughs> um, all right, if you all right, last. Yeah, well, no, I I gotta ask again on it. I know I'm a, I'm getting hit in the face. No, mm. no, because no, he went. All right, Star Wars or Star Trek. Star Trek. See? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Such a hater. I just had, you know. You, would you no. like to change his mind? <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, the, it's, the Star Wars thing is just it's too nerd packed. Oh! It's like people are just, they care a little too much about it. And the name of the show is called For All Nerds. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but. but yeah, but. <laughs> But but I just like I like Star Trek a little bit better because <laughs> it, a lot of nerds, it, it, I'm a Star Trek fan. Yeah, but you know, I like Star fan. Trek a little bit better because to me it was like, you know, I don't know, it, it felt a little bit more edgy. You know, I, oh, yeah, you oh, know, I, fe- okay. I felt like you know there was real like you know I mean, it's it's not fair in a way because you know you Star Star Wars you're making a two hour movie. In Star Trek, you got a series where you you get a chance to texturize everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not fair, you know. Really, what movie can ha- could can hang with a television show? Honestly, it's Plus hard. Movies. It's hard to do that, you just, know. Just saying. No, no. I mean, seriously, it's it's not it's not fair. With a TV show, you get you feel like you know the characters. You 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 spend you spend what like. 20 hours with them as opposed to, you know, yeah. a, few, a few hours First on a movie. season at that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Oh, boy. Um, one superpower. Uh, damn. I'm so, I'm so technical. Because mm-hmm. I can say invisibility, but then you can see my clothes. Now I got to be naked. <laughs> Right, she go walk around naked. <laughs> yeah, that 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 sucks. <laughs> and if you had it's a little brisk in here, if you if you had super strength, I think about this stuff. I because th- I, if I I would do a, a a realistic superhero movie. Like, can you imagine somebody with the you know, with the uh, this the ability to fly? Okay, you have the ability to fly, but your ass don't have the ability to land. <laughs> if I could let you fly, go ahead. You fly one time and die because <laughs> I was just thinking about people. Yeah, you up in you can fly, but then it's like, what then? <laughs> what yeah, then? what then? How do you stop? That's actually a- yeah. What about mine? Mine. I don't want to read people's minds, <laughs> babe. Think about this. We already know what the hell's going on with people sometimes without them even knowing. I'm like, you lying ass. Stop. <laughs> You know what I mean, and that's that's it, that's annoying enough. I want I don't want to be annoyed beyond that. And and if you got super strength, right? Yeah. It's like you can't pick up a car. It's not possible. You don't weigh that much. You oh, be, you so try you to pick up a car, you rip off a bumper. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's and it's like I think about that stuff. I mean, it's a superpower, damn, a superpower. Would, 
Well, I, 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 I know now. To, I'm looking forward to your movie about it, real superpowers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think. I'm not serious. I'm like, that's hilarious. What superpower isn't really a deterrent? Because if you can see into the future, have fun. What about, you know what I mean? okay, what about like um, being able to teleport from one place to another? What about that? Like, you need to get to LA right now. Poof, you're there. Yeah, it, I think that would get old real fast. <laughs> I really do. You know what I mean? Because then it's like people, especially people know that you have that. Because then they're like, oh, well, he could be here right now. Right. And you're like, nah, B, I don't want to be there. Yeah, right yeah. Now. it's like, how, you know, all right. I'm a I'm an actor, right? Yes. And everybody treats me different. Now I can teleport. Now what happens? <laughs> you know what I mean? What normal ass relationship will I ever have the rest of my life? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So remember the part about me liking my life mm-hmm. and liking what? All that shit is gone. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. gone. As soon as I do, any, I already got a superpower, which is karate. <laughs> people, and people, people treat me differently. So it's like, man, it's that's not an easy question because most of these things come with a whole lot of baggage. To be honest with you, like I, I would love to do a superhero movie that was realistic mm. and show how like horrible that shit would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have super. You have super strength, and you know, and, and you know, what can you? What can you really do? Like, you, <laughs> yeah, you have super strength. You you try to push something, your your, your arm goes through, and you cut your arm up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's. I don't know. I, 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 it would be interesting. It's like, be careful what you wish for. Yes, that's what it would be. All right. Well, mm. thank you for that enlightening response to that question. <laughs> we will never think about that question ever the same way ever again. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. No, it, it was. No one will ever answer that. Right. Because they was like, you know, Michael Jai White made some good points on that episode. Um, but thank you very much. You have survived for all nerd show. Thank you again for talking to us in person. This is amazing. Please let the listeners know where they can find you, like online and any upcoming project or stuff you want to. So, um, I've been developing my own supplement type of stuff. I would mix different things because a lot of times when a supplement came out, it, you know, I go, oh, this was good about that one and this is good about that other one. And I'd mix and match things. Oh, I so then, I put, then now I start going to the manufacturers and creating my own for myself because, you know, I'm – I want to, you know, I want to have the stuff that gives me the advantage. So then the idea is, hey, well, I'll put it out there. And, again, with the same attitude as I'm offering something, I'm not asking for anything. Say that. You know, so it's like, okay, you know, the people that put me where I am, I'm going to offer this. And I'm going to tell you the truth about it, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, some stuff might, you know, I'm like, this works because of A, B, and C, and that's it. And let let everybody else tell you this, that they're trying to make money off you. I'm not. You know, my thing is, this is the truth. You know, I'm going to teach, you know, certain things about martial arts and stuff. I've been in it all my life, you know, and I'm going to talk the truth about things. I know time for, the, for anything else. So, you know, it's, it's you know, and it's it's a service to the people who support me. 
And it's called again? The Jai Method. The Jai Method, yeah. okay. Jai means victory. And so we're first making it available to them mm-hmm. and give them a benefit, you know, a, a premium first. Because, you know, I'm, you know, we're thankful for people who really understand what, what we're about, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I, I give a lot of thanks to her because I really wouldn't even be a part of this whole social media thing if it wasn't for her. And, uh, you know, and we've actually become very connected to our fan base. And, and you know, people talk about relationship stuff and everything else, and we spend time. And I think that's time that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're helping people out with, it, with their lives, I mean, that's who we are. We're, we're servants. Uh, you know, of course, I'm a servant to my family. We serve our family first. But, you know, we're we're very thankful for, you know, the prosperity that our fan base provides us. Mm-hmm. So as a thanks to that, you know, we're we're, we're putting putting that out there. And what's your um, at name on uh, socials so people can follow you? It's uh, I'm an, uh, official Michael Jai on Instagram. OK. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Michael Jai White on Facebook. Michael Jai White on Twitter. Michael Jai White and and people I, gotta know. I mean, that's the yeah, only way our, they're gonna and know. And our things are what? Our things. The stuff with me and you. Oh, like love strong. Yeah. Love. Give me. Come on. Help come me on, out. man. Like, you're supposed to be. Not, not, <laughs> at love strong. At love strong. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. L U V strong. Right. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you again. We appreciate it. And we'll be back with more For All Nurture. And what's up, y'all? Welcome back. And once again, let me thank Mr. Michael Jai White for joining us. Again, that was his second time, but we actually got to sit down with him. In person. We weren't weren't in a a wind wind tunnel. tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was way better. And, and, you know, thank you for the ongoing love and respect and and just assistance that he gives us. Like, y'all don't know, but Michael Jai not only follows us on Twitter stuff, but he shares, and on IG, he shares our stuff constantly. Constantly. He shares our stuff. He's, He's there, like... A lot of people don't think they be like, oh, these celebrities, these people, they don't, they're not really with it like that. He's yeah. with the shits. <laughs> like, with the shits. A pre- and, and we can be like more blessed about stuff like that. So thank you. Very uh, he's much. definitely in our top ten celebrity supporters. Maybe top five. Reagan Gomez also. Big Reagan top. Gomez is another one. Yeah, but they. I mean, they just like shows that don't have shit to do with them. They'll, <laughs> right. be, they'll be retweeting <laughs> the hell out of it. Ain't got nothing to do with them, and they'll just be retweeting it for no reason. I love it. Like yes. thank y'all. Thank you. And like. Especially because I'm such a Black Dynamite fan. Like, y'all don't understand, like, during my blogging days, please don't stare.com, when I was blogging and that trailer hit, and every blog was like, what the fuck is this? And this shit is so good. So good. And we were all watching that trailer, and then the movie comes out, and it was just amazing. And so to get cool with that man, you know, Spawn, I mean, on and on. Like, thank you. Thank you for that. But it's now time. <clears throat> it's my Callan boy. Oof. It's hitting you like that, bro. No, not really. I'm just emphasizing. Oh. Sure, you know, got to give him that audio theater. How did combat used to say, you know, audio theater. theater of the mind. Oh. You know, you got to hear it. You got to feel it. If you're sitting at home, take a sip with me. Or smoke. You know, I'm doing all that. Um, But, yeah, it's now time for one of my favorite segments on the show. Yeah, I hope, you know, new listeners listening tonight are like, yo, these guys are lit. <laughs> 
Like if this, I'm not lit. If this your first listen, I mean, don't act like you ain't been lit on the show before. Hey, I've been lit on the show before. Facts. But I bet you no one knows which episode. Mm, I don't know. All right, uh, <laughs> it's now time for one of my favorite segments. The Geek when the Ask Questions, the Guac is Extra, where we answer any and all listener questions. All right. If you have a question, you can send it in at any time to contact at forallnerds.com or hit us on the Twitters and Instagrams at forallnerds. And if you're a patron over at patreon.com slash forallnerds, you can submit a question that we are forced to answer. It don't matter what it is. Forced to answer. Only Ben I means forced to answer. I'll do it. Yeah. You know, whatever. All right. So what do we have up first tonight? The first, or maybe the only, comes from Goldie Moss 1. They write, when I was Google searching for black comic book authors, I found out there's a black comic book convention held in the city every January. Yep. We know about it. I mean, we Goldie Moss, how long you been listening to the show? <laughs> but obviously not since last January. <laughs> you don't have to shave the question before the question gets finished. Hey, I'm just saying, they're a new listener. Welcome to the spaceship, Goldie Moss. Ashamed to say I never <laughs> knew about it. Have either of y'all ever been? Also, during my search, <coughs> I found this joint, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Yes. Yep. Don't remember if y'all ever spoke about it. It was pretty good. Gonna pick up part two soon. Uh, so I'll work backwards. Yes. Know all about Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Fire. Mentioned it on the show before. Yes. Comments I cop. Yes. Fire. Um, it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know. You know when you know. Yeah, that's a, that's one thing I will say. Like, there's plenty of stuff that you guys are like, yeah, I don't know about that. No, we just like about it, know. so that's yeah. fine. Nothing to be ashamed of. Um, yes, you're you're referring to the the, the black comic book fest at the Schomburg Center in Harlem, which happens every January, usually during Black uh, MLK weekend, because it's also like the same weekend as my birthday, January fourteenth. How you play it? Uh, Happy birthday to Tatiana's mom today too. Yeah, my mom's birthday is today. Yay. Happy birthday, mommy! Um, so yeah, uh, don't feel ashamed. One, two, yes, we know all about that. If you're in New York area during that time, or you or want to make a trip up here, come through because it it's packed in there. First of all, it has lots mad tight. Well, it's mad. Yes, <laughs> it's packed full of people just in general, like like physically. However, it's also packed full of really great creativity really great stories really great merch and comics that you can learn you can talk to the artists and the writers and everyone in person it's just a and everyone cosplays there too like there it's like a it's a mini new york comic-con but we're all black people i love it yeah it's quite beautiful shout out to uh in stephen harris fire artist who actually fire artist (laughs) yeah i actually saw i think it was on twitter or facebook today he posted that he did not Get selected to be one of the vendors there, which... Wait, wait, wait. For 2020, Black Comic Books Festival Schomburg Center, and Stephen Harris did not get who's chosen. Who's been there every year who's that we've been, been there. there. Right, I was going to say who's been there every year since we've been there. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm... How are you going to endorse it? And they'd be like, nah, bro. <laughs> 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 hey, look, we keep it 100 over here. On the For All Nerds show. No, well, yeah, I don't know about that, but like we love and Stephen Harris. I, I don't know the reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it is. It's a tight squeeze in there when it comes to people, yeah, but I, again, I don't know why. But none of my business. At the end of the day, it's still a good event. Um, it's all, and it's always good to um, support the Schomburg Center. Any you know places that uplift Black people and Black culture. Facts and cultures. I do believe that is it for our. Uh, 
frequently asked questions tonight. It's yeah. kind of light, you know? That's right. It's one Every week it's like this. One week is light. The next week is too much. Feast or famine over here, folks. That's all it is. Feast or famine. But if you do have a question for us, please send it in. Contact at ForAllNerds.com or hit us on the Twitters and the Instagrams at ForAllNerds. Please send us your questions. We answer anything. We've even named some babies over here or attempted to. We failed. I would still like to name a child. Yeah, I would like to name a child. So if anybody's pregnant out there and, you know, needs some <laughs> suggestions. If you're pregnant out there, just hit us up. Yeah, just hit us we up. We got your baby name. We got your baby name, you know. Oh, man. Peter Parkour. <laughs> Fan Bros. Fan Bros.